Yo, 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 welcome back to another episode of Unapologetically Black. We're it's live. your boy, Rich Gang, along with my partner, Jamal. We missing Brittany gang, today. Gang. She's being replaced by Jamal uh, because he's he's the veteran. And today we have a very special guest with us, Miss Erica Jackson, a.k.a. the Marine Lady. You know what I'm saying? How you doing today? I am doing well. And how about yourselves? Uh, we're doing great. So like we said, we always start every episode with a, a mental health check-in. Just check on everybody's day, make sure everybody's good in a good mental space. So go ahead, Jamal. Start with, how, how your day going, man? Oh, I'm good. You know, uh, Halloween was yesterday, so I got a bowl full of candy and it's my day <laughs> off. So it's like, yeah, like, <laughs> let's get so you to You bought candy on the expensive day and not oh, no, today no, no. when it's cheap. I, I took the candy in a dad tax kind of way. Like, I took my 20% off the top for having to walk oh, around. So it's okay. I feel that. I, I ate a few yeah. Like yeah. Okay, Miss Erica, how's your, how's your mind going? How, wait, how's your day? You know, it's a typical day in the neighborhood, you know, workflow. And, you know, I'm not going to lie, there's not a kid here right this second. So I am actually doing extraordinary right now. Mm. I feel you. You know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel you. I am getting over a cold or the flu or whatever the fuck I had. Um, so if you hear me cough, my bad. But if to we see pot, you eat, my, uh, then that's shout out to Brittany. Audio listeners, my bad if you hear me coughing and shit. Um, what happened? I said if we see you eat, then that's shout out to Brittany. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm definitely eating team. All right. So this month is our military appreciation month where we're going to be talking all things military related. Um, we're going to be going through um, through all of our guests, um, you know, getting their stories on how they view it, their time while they were in um, and how they see certain things. Obviously, uh, disclaimer, what the views of of each person is just Us. their views. <laughs> um, you know what I'm saying? It is not uh, those of unapologetically black. But, you know, saying Rich has his own fucking mindset. So if I think yeah. a certain goddamn thing, that's me. Goddamn it. I so. do not let my mindset or views uh, dissuade you from joining or whatever okay. your career path is. These are my views and from my experience. So whatever comes out from this point forward is coming from my point of view. Yeah. So. With that being said, though, introduce yourself. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, you know, how your whole journey started and th- and, and stuff like that. All right. Okay. Um, originally, I joined the Marine Corps when I was 19 years old. Um, I stayed for approximately nine years, um, shy by like two months. Um, originally, when I joined the military, the reason I joined was focused on the base that I came from a, a poverty-stricken household. And going to school wasn't available and wasn't feasible. Like we probably didn't have the money to fill out the application fee for me to go to college. And that's kind of how extreme it was. And my idea was to join the military and take the burden off my father to feel like I still have to provide for you because you're not capable of going out on your own. So I made a decision. I was going to the Marine Corps because if I did do it, I need to beat somebody's ass doing it. Um, (laughs) So then when I joined, it it was it was successful in the beginning. It, it was I was on a powerball on the up move. Like we was I was the it girl. Mm-hmm. And then I would say my second enlistment, I found out I was the black girl. Mm-hmm. And 
black girl is not allowed to be the it girl and things change drastically. Mm-hmm. So I, I understand that. So I met I met Erica in Japan. Japan was your first duty station, wasn't it? That's correct. So for me, right, we've always talked about the difference between stateside and overseas when it comes to how Marines are treated, um, like how they grow up in the Marine Corps, right? So like when I, I when I first my first duty station was California, and anytime we seen Marines from Japan, we'd be like, oh, these motherfuckers don't know shit. Like they are uncultured. <laughs> They fucking are just terrible. And then I went to Japan and I'm like, oh my God, like these stateside motherfuckers don't know, don't know nothing. Like, they don't know any goddamn thing. Like they're pampered. Like stateside motherfuckers are pampered. They whine, they complain, <laughs> they bitch about everything. And I'm like, dear God. So, so uh, for the listeners that don't know, could you explain what some of the differences would be? Because uh, I personally have never been to a me? marine base. Well, either of y'all, I've never been to a marine base, and I've never been to one in Japan. I, I know for my experience, like Air Force bases were like top tier. There's nothing better than the Air Force base. Agreed. Like, <laughs> Lena was the best base. I mean, <laughs> okay. Um, Japan was my first duty station, and I think that that's something they probably should look into making that everybody's first duty station because the state side is accustomed to a much linear, um, I want to say responsibility, respect, everything in between is a lot more lenient on the state side. Mm -hmm. And because in Japan you are considered, you know, ambassador of the United States, they hold us to a much higher standard with the expectation that when you get in trouble, this is going across the world, the nation. Uh is going to find out what you did so they they keep us small but in the process when they keep us small it develops your your core values on the marine corps because they focus on making sure you stay in line with what their expectations are versus on the state side you have so much access to outside world Uh that everybody kind of lose sight of what's important or the core right. values is kind of depleted simply because they feel like it's not that important. You still have a life to live on yeah. this side. I and would then, say more, it becomes like a nine to five. State exactly. side is definitely more of a nine to five, go to work, get off of work. I can go do other shit. Japan yeah. was a 24 yeah. hour thing. You were there 24 hours. You could be called into work at any given time. You can be put on back on base at any given time. Like Dry spills. Ooh. <laughs> so did it feel much like a deployment? Like I was going, to, I was going to say that on the back end, when you go to Japan, it's kind of like you're in a constant workflow. So what happens is because there's no transitional piece between when you're working and when you're not, because you're held to the standard standard to the max. Right. There's no transition. So when there's no transition, you get accustomed to working nine to twelve hour days. But stateside, if you tell them they got to stay for longer than 30 minutes, everybody's flipping out. Oh my God. Everybody's mad. Everybody's Gratitude. angry. Yeah. But because you got accustomed to this in your first duty station, when they say an hour, I'm like, that's it? That's all? I'm here. What you need me to do? Field day in Japan. It's <laughs> all night. Midnight. All night. Midnight. You remember that? Field day in the States is 40 minutes at the most. You got four, like, they want to be in and out. They don't want to be there any longer. And that's assuming that they're even fucking there. Mm -hmm. Like, the expectation is completely different. So then when you go from Japan 
to the state side, I found it really foreign where they did like mediocre cleaning. Their field day was mediocre. Everything was kind of just like, we doing it because we got to say we did it versus in Japan, we doing it to the best of our abilities. And I want to see shine. So how do you think that helped or how do you think that affected the way that you led Marines leaving Japan to your first duty state? Where where did you go after Japan? I was in California. Okay. when I went to California, the difference was, um, I want to say the, the the space between al- allowing leaders to lead. So when I was in Japan, the staff and CEOs were the ones with the family. So they kind of relied on the NCOs a lot more. So because they rely on you, you, you carry the burden of a lot of responsibilities versus the state side, because everybody is, I want to say, partying on the weekend, sergeant's gone, corporal's gone. They leave they don't give that room for the leader to lead. And they kind of take away that responsibility because that level of trust is is not there. Like, I want to be able to trust you, but every time I trust the NCO, things go left. So now what happens is when they put that burden back on the staff NCO, it causes conflict with me as an NCO. Because now I feel like I can do this. I'm good at this. This is my thing. And you need to find a staff NCO ring and step the fuck over there versus getting in my shit. Me, I manage the children. You manage me. There's the difference. Yeah. And I found that to be one of the hardest things as well when I came back. But now, mind you, I left going to Japan as a corporal. So I, mm-hmm. I was already leading Marines in California, went to Japan as a corporal, left Japan as a sergeant, got back over here. But the biggest issue that I had was is, I'm just going to say it the way that I've I seen it. And some people watching, they know exactly what I'm talking about. The, the staff and CEOs had a bunch of goddamn lap dogs. Mm-hmm. And they were motherfucking yes men. And I was not that. I was not your yes man. I'm not your, I'm just going to do it because you fucking said so. If it was stupid, I told you it was stupid. And I wanted to know why you have us doing stupid things when we can be doing things that are effective. To the mission. Get in, get out. Or if your job is to fucking field day, well, then we goddamn field day. But you can't say field day, clean and then tell the Marines that, they, that they're they only going to be here for an hour. You're not cleaning an entire galley, not this size, in an hour. You're not. So You're not. where do you feel that the leadership uh, failed in that? Because that's clearly a hierarchy thing oh, where someone... So the open door policy, do right? So mm. there's always been an open door policy, but you don't ever use that motherfucker. Right. Now they use it. So I can say, hey, look, this is what we're going to do. And then Lance Corporal fucking so-and-so be like, nah, I don't want to do that. They'll walk their ass in the office to, to fucking Gunny, and then they'll complain to Gunny, and then Gunny will walk out and say, hey, Sergeant McClellan, this is not what we're doing. We're going to do this instead. Or why are the junior Marines doing this? You know, why aren't you cleaning with them? And I'm like, first off, motherfucker, like, I'm, if I'm clean, if I'm bent over in a copper cleaning, bitch, who watching? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, I, I, I do, I think, I think that might be more uh, not, I don't, I want to say underlining your expectations. And I feel like a lot of it falls on the fact that nobody knew what, exactly what they were supposed to do. And, you know, when I was in California, I would tell them, you need to re- refer back to your creed. I have my NCO creed that defines what my responsibilities are. And it is me to be a working supervisor. So what happens is you got to lay back and focus your attention on educating me in my errors versus t- 
taking the responsibility away from me because as a surgeon, we can't grow unless you offer us information to grow. And right. what they would do is when I think is they overstep that boundary. They just like, you're incapable. I, I don't want you to do it, but I'm not capable to your standards, but you have to teach me your standards for me to get to that place. Mm-hmm. My bad. It's all right. Do, 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 do. <laughs> so I, I can even piggyback off of I had, you know, I had I had a really good leaders and in the process of having good leaders, once I proved myself capable, my leaders would pull back. And with right. the open policy situation, I've noticed that sometimes that conversation between that staff and CEO need to be had. We need to talk about what them bitching about me is not enough. She she's loud. Yes, the fuck I am. Now what? You know, oh, she hurt my feelings. Put them so? in. Go. What else? But the fact that the staff and CEOs are now taking the time to entertain cries. If I did not fall under or beyond my expected spectrum, I didn't punch a Marine, then you need to leave it alone. And if you are incorporating, you need to give them the black and white piece where I am acceptable. Accepted. My behavior is accepted. Okay, according to this order, she didn't violate this. She didn't do this. She didn't make you do this. You didn't spend overtime. But instead, they would entertain the idea out of the fear of repercussions of something that's non-existent. We cannot keep living in the fear of possibilities. Ask me what happened. Was there somebody present? Okay, next time, Sergeant Jackson, to protect yourself, bring Corporal Smokatelli or Sergeant Smokatelli when dealing with this Marine. Stop babying them. Yeah. And that was one of my things. The staff and COs completely forgot that they were supposed to be the ones to train NCOs. They always harped and beat on NCOs training junior Marines. But then these motherfuckers never trained NCOs and was just like, oh, you should know that. As if as soon as I pinned on fucking sergeant, I got hit with a book of goddamn knowledge on what the (laughs) fuck to do. Like, no. And if that's the case, I learned from my sergeants that taught me how to do stuff. And then I do understand that as we grow older, errors t- tend to shift and change. So the way my sergeant and corporal did stuff, I know damn well I can't do it that way because what they did was hazy. It wasn't short. It wasn't borderline. It was. It was we didn't complain. We took it as a, we wore it as a badge of honor. No, nah, we knew shit would, could get worse. Shit rolled downhill. So in Okinawa, it was one of those things. Doso was the worst thing that could ever happen to you. Doso is basically a day on, stay on. So if you fell in that parameter of where you crossed the line and you in trouble, I don't know how many days I'm not going to sleep, but I know I'm not finna sleep. So what I'm going to do is do what you need me to do to get the mission done. Mm-hmm. So that that transition, let me give some backstory on transition. Um, I left Japan October and when I left Japan in October, I was promoted to sergeant in December at the two at my two and a half year mark as a Marine. When I got promoted to sergeant, my unit was actually currently forward deployed. So I was in the rear with all of, I want to say, my broken Marines or Marines that was incapable of being deployed. So while I was back, there was no buffer. There was no staff and CO directly over me teaching me how to now be a new sergeant. So I know how to be the hard charging corporal, which is the working supervisor who's like really working. Not when you go sergeant, it's more supervised and work if necessary. When you're a corporal, you're working. So in the process, I go into this transition and I'm working exactly with uh, my lieutenant. And he's the one that's over my fit rep. 
and he did not like how I sergeant because he said that I was too involved. Mm. But in the process of him telling me that I was too involved, he never explained what exactly he's saying. In my head, all I heard is I'm a lazy ass officer and I don't work and I think everybody's supposed to be lazy. And my head is just like, bro, you got these Marines scrubbing 20 tents and I only got three Marines capable. If I don't help them scrub these tents, we're going to be here until the sun come up the next day. I don't got time for that. Yeah. But fucking, I hate ROs. ROs and uh, fucking our reporting seniors and reporting officers are fucking dumbasses. At least uh, you're an actual lieutenant. Mine was a fucking civilian. And oh God. But uh, so Brittany asks, do you feel being black uh, and or being a woman had an effect on your military career in any way? You want the good, the bad, or the ugly? Shit, all of it. <laughs> all of it. Okay, the good is unfortunately food service is predominantly black. So the good part of me being black, a lot of my leaders were black and kind of understand my personality traits and did not get offended by who I was as a black woman. And when I say who I am as a black woman, one, I'm going to stand up for myself. Two, you're not going to talk to me any type of way. And three, I'm going to work. So they love these things pertaining to me. So in that spectrum, it, it was good. But then it also worked in a bad way is because instead of those leaders understanding who I was, they never taught me how to walk the plank of the white man. And when I say walk the plank of the white man, they condone behaviors that weren't necessarily acceptable in the institution. And when I say condone behaviors, they allow me to talk to them in a comfortable, relaxed manner, but they never taught me how to talk to someone else. And so then when they didn't teach me, in, in retrospect, I lost my career because, because of it. I became too comfortable with being a black woman instead of being a black professional woman. So did what did you ever experience where it's okay for the male to be loud, but then if you do it, then you're just I'm an a angry black woman? Yeah, oh, or, or did you was nah, did you I mean, experience that? Me. Um yes. Uh that was a that was a constant that was a constant battle. Um I got a lot of she's too aggressive, she's a, she's arrogant. Um in the beginning, she was ghetto, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm not going to lie from you. I'm from Greater Southeast Waller Place, Washington D.C., baby. So yeah, hey. when I first got out there, I acted like I came from where I came from. And from what happened, you know, <laughs> you down to the nitty gritty, you cross the line, meet me outside. Shoot, we could do it in the galley. Remember that time in the galley, I fucking slammed Acevedo into the damn mm -hmm. door. That was crazy. Oh, uh, shit was yeah. wild. Things got wild. And I was like, what's up? And what happened was in that situation, I had a black leader. And the black leader was like, all right, Acevedo, you want to get this Marine charged, but we're going to charge you too because you antagonized her to get what you got. Mm -hmm. So the choice is yours. I will charge this Marine, but you're getting charged too. Right. Yeah. But that was also a leader. And I, in my opinion, you condone my behavior. You shouldn't have did it that way. Not saying right. that you should have let me slide. When I say I got completely away with it, no div, no doso, no 6105, no page 11, no counseling sheet. I got nothing. But I, you mean, I agree and I disagree, right? You should have at least got some type of counseling. I should have got something because I took that girl face and I pushed it into the wall. I mean, I come, I, but I also come from an era where, like, you're legit. If two corporates, if we bumping at it, bro, just step outside on the back dock. Like, right, but that's nobody about. see it. That's huh? if two it's people in the galley. Like, out, it's just us. Like, 
No, right. no, no, because that, but that's what I'm telling you about that misconception of how I was led the incorrect way. Somebody condoned my behavior and my my behavior on the back end when it came up to the white man. I I'm fucked. I got a adverse fit rep that says do not promote at any time. Yeah, you get I mean, what I'm saying. And what happened was if it, if that staff sergeant, that mass sergeant, because mass sergeant still looked out for me all my time in, in Okinawa, even when I left, he still looked out for me. But at the end of the day. If he would have told me how the white man play, I would mm -hmm. still be in the institution. Yeah. And, so and, he, and, and then the difference between that male, because let's bring it back to the male perspective. When a male gets into an argument, when a male gets into the argument, excuse me, when a male gets into an argument with another male, mm -hmm. they have that fear of where that man's going to take it. But when a female does it, it's more of a, a ego thing. Who the fuck does she think she's talking to? And right. this is just male. This is not even black or white male. So now I'm in a place where in that environment, when I'm going to other places or different units and different sections, when I am communicating to other people, how I communicate to my people, which would be black males in my MOS, I cannot do that. Mm -hmm. And somebody should have said that. I mean, I get it. I do. And maybe it's because I'm not a female that I don't truly understand because like i said if two males are going back at it we're not concerning ourselves with oh adjust his behavior this or that no it's hey let them go outside let them they handle it out but you Just get that, that bruises and then come back in and then everything is all right but and if then, you like, notice it, it move on no we, we're gonna add to that if you notice whenever males get into a conflict with another male they pipe that shit down because one, somebody don't want to get their ass beat. Yeah, one of those sides of the fence. Somebody one side, somebody could swing and that might be your face. So what happens is they're more of a self-control thing. But when I'm talking to a male in his mind, she's only 142 pounds. I will sling her through the wall. And in retrospect, I have had male leaders get in my face. I have male leaders pinning me against the wall in converse, conflict conversations. And it takes another male to intervene mm -hmm. in order to bring it down. So yeah, all I'm saying, idea. you get you get what I'm saying? And then yeah. you already know that technically how I talk, you're not going to talk to me no type of way. I don't give a damn what's on your collar. You could be shiny black, it doesn't matter. You're going to respect who you're talking to. And I'm going to bring whatever level you on to you. So did so, you ever feel unsafe with all of these males and Marines? Do you know who I am? Did I tell you where I I'm mean, from? I, nah, I feel you. I know where you're from. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to say I've never felt unsafe. And the reason I, no, I've never felt unsafe because in my mind, in my mind, this may not be a true statement. In my mind, I'm going to beat your ass. Okay, but hold on, Jared. See, the difference between Mosley, though, is Mosley slapped the shit out of times. <laughs> and, uh, and when he did, <coughs> I think Thompson was more shocked because he didn't think that he was actually going to do it. Mm. But Mosley was just a batshit crazy person. Like I would not. But, but did you see how you then you you develop that reputation that this Marine don't know how to keep his hands to itself. So when people interact with you, they interact with you off the basis of yeah. I know that this Marine is going to embarrass me. This Marine yeah. is going to make me have to take it left. And then on the male retrospect, those males look at it like if I do paperwork on this Marine, I look like a bitch. But when it look when he do it to a female, it's not looked at the same. It's kind of like she's out of control. We need mm. to gain control over her. She's lost her mind because this is a predominantly male area. She she's on uncharted waters. 
So have you ever seen the opposite side of, of female Marines where most of them play victim? Because to be quite honest, female Marines like you are rare. Most of them, from what I've seen, most, and y'all yeah, forgive me, but most of them were victim-blaming, pe- victim I'm not at fault. I'd pipe in and say most military women because I've seen a lot. Well, they're the victim, victim not necessarily. When the situation isn't going their way. Okay, so I got I to I gotta, I gotta do the, 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 the discard. I do not speak for all of the females that wear a uniform. And based on my experience, I can only speak of my interpretations of what I have seen. And mm-hmm. I will not say most. I will say there are some and few. And because men has the mindset that women victimize themselves, sometimes they go into situations that females are actually the victim mm-hmm. and they go in it with a, she's just crying. But mm-hmm. sometimes because of that mindset, you're mentally already, you're already set at a place where this is what you want to believe. So it has to be true. Mm-hmm. Now, so, everything she says sounds like a complaint. Everything right. she said, if I open my mouth, you're automatically going to say, here go, Sarah Jackson over here fucking crying again. But if you actually focus on some of the things that the females are talking about, these are things that they're really dealing with and going through. You got mass signs over here trying to fuck on junior Marines. You got um, master guns and captains trying to fuck on junior Marines. You got people using their position of authority to back females into corners to sexualize them. And then on top of that, you still don't think about the the mental game that's being played with them. If I don't do this or if I don't indulge in this, this is going to affect my career. So they are victims. Right. So I get that. And I mean, no one's saying blame the victim. No one would ever tell you, oh, well, you came to me with a situation and you as the victim, you were you were asking for it. You shouldn't have been wearing that. Like, okay, so I want to say that. I, I, right. I, I got to give you a story. Okay, go ahead. This, this is the story. You have a female Marine and she gets injured, right? And when she gets injured, because this is this is the number one thing that does happen a lot. Females get hurt and people talk about how they skate. You know what I'm saying? Oh, they're trying to skate out of work. They're trying to get yeah. out of work. But nobody actually highlights and focuses the moment that you say or identify that you're hurt. A target goes on your back where people automatically want to make the person that's hurt do everything. Mm-hmm. If you were to make me do things just because I am light or limited duty, why the fuck would I want to come to work? Please tell me. If I know that as soon as I walk in the door, you on my ass because I walked in here two minutes before showtime and the first thing your mind tells you is she's a skater. So now you're targeting that Marine. So yeah, they do, but you don't realize how you're making them the victim. You're you're in, you're implanting this problem on them. So on the opposite end, mm-hmm. I've seen, like, we've all been to Fort Lee, out yeah. in mm-hmm. Fort Lee, Virginia. Uh so I was in training. I was in like maybe like the last two, three weeks of my training. And there was this, there was a whole like room. There was a situation where there was like, I think there was like five or six guys in that room. There was a lot of dudes. Anyway. Where are we going? Where are we going with that? Okay, go ahead. Uh, so this is girl. She was engaged. We, you know, soldiers. There was nothing that we all could do but all hang out and talk to each other. You mm-hmm. get to know everybody. All I know is she went up to the room. 45 minutes later, she came down and she started complaining once the NCOs caught her. 
So it wasn't to the point where she was like, oh, there was something wrong. We were on opposite floors. So she was on the third floor. She came down to the second floor, snuck into the room. There were five dudes in there. She comes out and then she's like, everything's cool until they start talking about, oh, well, you know, y'all can get kicked out of the military and this, this and that. Then she starts crying and everything's, I got raped. I got this. I got that. Okay, the dudes so, catch all the blame. Oof. Yeah, man, that's the story. A lot. She of came life. into their room. It was. It had to be consensual because, at least on the part of coming in, no one can say what happened. Okay, so but until this, she started getting in trouble, all then shit it was. Uh, yeah, you know, we heard the story. We know how this shit go. Okay, look, G. We spend so much time educating females that you, they, they don't educate men. And I'm not validating. Mm. Y'all spend so much time telling us about how to report sexual assault, rape, restricted, unrestricted. But nobody is telling these young men how to interact with a young lady. And nobody is telling them things that should happen. Those boys, unfortunately, are a victim of their own fucking demise. Why would you be in a room with one female and all the niggas? What? Where's the other female? Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? Where's her counterpart? Why you want to be associated? Her counterpart with was on the outside of the door. That's how they you, found You get her. what I'm saying? So like... if, if, if I was a man and or if I had a son, if I had a son, these are the things that I would want to tell him about. Son, you can't go around constantly talking about sex. Why? Because that's sexual harassment. Just because I'm in a room and you're talking about sex, I can hit you up. And this is that thing where we're on a different spectrum of education-wise. We spend so much time educating Erica on how to protect myself against you, but you're not teaching these men how to protect themselves against me. So I am not validating her actions, but I also don't want to discredit her claims. And the reason I go that way is because if you're a female... You're 18. She she don't know nothing. Not trying to be rude. She don't know nothing. She doesn't understand what their thought process is in here. And her idea, I just want to be accepted into this male-dominant environment. And I hate to say it, it's the same way in gangs. When you want to draw the bloods and the crips, they got to fuck you into the game. You got to let all of these men fuck you. Women are perceiving that the same concept. So I'm not saying that I'm validating either sides. All I'm saying is if we spent more time educating everybody, everything would be okay. Mm. So, so. That, so yeah, they do cry victim, but the problem is y'all so focused on them crying victim, y'all don't even think about, okay, how do we stop this from happening? Like, all the males included, all the males look at it and they be like, that don't make sense, shorty. Slim, that don't make no sense. But there but is no option. Have, it's you either you're victim blaming or you're saying, I didn't touch Shorty. Like, we can go into a room together. You can come out say, he touched me. I so, say I didn't. Nah, here's, here's my thing, me. right? If that's my daughter, right? And this is what I teach my, my daughter. You have to put yourself in, always assume that somebody's out to get you, right? And I know that sucks. It sounds bad. <laughs> Like, oh, what do you mean? Somebody's always, someone's always out to get you. So always watch your back. If you walk into a room and you see four niggas, don't put yourself in that situation at all, baby girl. Let's go find something else to do or call one of, you know. Now, if 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 the goal is to just hang out, find some women with you and then y'all all go hang out. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't go out to a party by yourself. That's not good safety tips. Don't 
get completely wasted by yourself. It's not good safety tips. I also teach my son, hey, pimp, if she can't say yes, Y-E-S, the answer is fucking no. If she don't say yes, then damn near sign the contract, my brother, the answer is no. Hey, pause. Do you notice that what you just said is the level of detail that you give your daughter versus the level of detail you give your son? And that is what I was trying to express. So for me, I have two parents. I have my mom and my dad. My mom told me, don't tempt the devil. Mm-hmm. My daddy said, don't go in compromising situations. Why? Because you never know how they're going to turn out when you go in. So if it look funny, you don't go in. And my mom said, don't tempt the devil. Is If you go into these situations knowing what could happen, don't allow the temptation to become the devil. Right. And what right. happens is sometimes temptation is not necessarily a situation. I could be the source of temptation. So if I go into a room and me being the source of temptation is when you just said I went into the room with four guys, you would never catch me. Right. So, so I want to address this because I hear this a lot. One in three women get raped, but no man knows a rapist. She didn't mean racist because we know plenty of racist people. Um, so there's an issue there. Here's my thing. <laughs> men don't walk around yelling how many women they raped. They they know that for a fact. So they obviously I would never know. Right. Because the homie that I align, my, the people that I align myself with, the guys that I call my friends, my brothers, they know where my values are. Right. Yeah. And so if I was to ever find that out, they know that there would be a huge issue. But they don't walk around saying, well, yeah, I raped her. Or, yeah, I did this to her. So yeah. that's why we wouldn't know them because we, I'm, and I'm not going to ask either. Like, I'm like, I'm just going to You don't ask that in a friend interview. Like, you don't just walk up. Did you rape a woman back in the day? Yeah. Like, hey, bro, did you mm-hmm. rape her? Now, I can, now, I can always see, now, now, if I'm watching and I can see that she's uncomfortable while we're hanging out, then I'm just like, hey, bro, let's go. But if, Something had already happened between them. I'm not going to just say, yeah, hey, did you rape her? I got a question. Jamal, Jamal, how many male best friends do you have? At the moment? Best uh, friends, as in your closest friends. None. Honestly, it's just me and my female best friend. Wifey, hey. Uh, Okay. Rich, what you got? I got one. Okay. Let let me get, I I need to widen it up because I'm the same way. I only got three best friends and that's about it. But if you have a group of five best friends, I could tell you two of them are rapists. And what now, happens is you guys, hold on, you guys uh, do the, di- the dynamiter of rapists based off of did they complete the act. But a rapist is the one that do things with the expectation of the act. Right. I was going to ask... Uh, what def- when I say what definition of rapist are we using? There, I want people to understand that there's there's kind of different levels to this, right? Yeah. Uh, outside of the actual, we know forcing yourself on them, but for women that give themselves up because they don't want to fight, like they don't want to have sex with you, but they're not going to fight you because they feel like that's just going to lead to an ass whooping that they don't want. Right. They, However, you've pressured them into it. You've pressured them into it. So. Are we including that? Because I could say from a man, I would say I might not know that I'm pressuring. But I don't know that I'm pressuring you. Okay, like so I'm a six foot tall black man and I'm talking to you. So you anything mean, I say. You think that I don't know. And this is where I'm just saying that the educational level is missing. Like there's a piece to the puzzle that's missing. So I'm going to give you a scenario. If a woman say, no, I don't want to. That is her politely trying to not make you aggressive on the subject. Mm-hmm. 
when a girl says, no, I don't think this is a good time, that is her politely telling you no. But guys take that or interpret it, I need to warm her up a little more. No, motherfucker, back the fuck up. Okay, I hear that one, and I agree with you. But I've also witnessed myself on the opposite end where I just wanted you to try harder. I didn't really yeah. want you. I, like, why, why didn't, didn't you, just, you apply pressure? Why didn't you just apply hey, hey. pressure? Okay. So I got you a question. And, then, and then I, you guys are two married people, so I really feel uncomfortable asking you this question, but I am really curious. When this woman said, I wanted to apply or you to apply more pressure to the subject, did you still get the fucker? Was that the end result? Yes or no? No, I mean I left it alone. Like nah, I, I leave, I leave you alone. My <laughs> me, if the answer is if the answer ain't yes, it's no. So it's no. I've been, I don't. I came in the army at nineteen. They told you consent is everything. All right. Well, I yeah. don't, I want to argue with you guys. Like at the end of the day, you know, all I'm saying is y'all need to be educated on the subject. I'm going to tell you right now is if there's an open conversation when she says that she wanted more, then that is that open. <laughs> I'm not talking. No, not you. If she's telling you that, that is the open communication of confirmation. And what but I that's I, what they do now. Like that's what they say. Like they're like, oh, well, you didn't apply pressure and the next dude did. Like you didn't chase after me. And they make it like it's a game. Like okay, you so have to actively chase them. Y'all are just focusing on uh, mediocre things. And the reason I want to call it mediocre is because if a woman is having that conversational piece with you pertaining to sexual encounters and acts, that is her giving you another verbal yes of this is what she likes. Mm -hmm. And what I am telling you is you can't take my verbal confirmation or how I choose to encourage a sexual behavior with the next woman. So what happens is that next woman who says no the same way, it still means no. And this is why the black males need to be educated because you respect the no, we conversated about it later. You know, or you've been drinking too much, let's talk about this later. Yes, it's an uncomfortable conversation, but what men need to do is be uncomfortable. Be okay with, I just missed out on this transaction. Right, and I so mean- goddamn, So goddamn what? You get what I'm saying? Just right. miss out on the transaction because you're trying to save yourself. You're trying to save your ass. And right. what you do is you take that transaction to a different woman. And when you bring it to me, I, we finna, we finna, we gonna have to bump. You, we, I say it back up. That's not what that wants. And then what happens is that encourage aggression turns into a sexual rape. And this is what women fear. They fear this because it has happened. It's been a verbal transaction where I'm telling him no, but he's not listening. And he feel like if maybe if I get closer or if I touch her a little harder, no, it scares her. And this is how you get that victim that says, I, I didn't want to, but I felt like I had to. Uh -huh. Because if you grab me by my neck and you bite my neck in a sexual manner in your mind, but I'm telling you no, but now I'm afraid of you. Uh -huh. So now I'm going to say, yo, yes, because I don't want my fear for you to hurt me physically. And now I'm in a room by myself. So, yes, that is how you get the victim that said, no, she said, yeah. Of course, she said, yeah, you had her by the throat. Mm. Of course, she said, yeah, you had her her underwear or her crouch balled up in your fucking hand. And while your sexual desires is of a, a aggression, aggressive taste, let's say that. Right. She's not accustomed to that. She's afraid of it. 
And what I'm saying is if we spent less time trying to talk about what the women saying or how they're reacting to these encounters and having guys, you got to miss out on a couple transactions. But let me tell you something, even when you miss out on that transaction because you go the assumption route and say, okay, I'm not sure. Talk to her later because now that open discussion opened up that door for you and there's still a possibility. You cannot focus on just execution. When we focus on execution, people get hurt. And now we got four guys that's being charged because she wanted to protect herself. And then you got one girl in a room with four guys. You think she thinks she can fight them? I'm going to tell you right now, if there was four guys in one room with me, I can't beat them all. Uh The best thing I can do is try to get as close to the door as possible. And then if this situation get left, let's talk about on social media how many stories about black women or women in general that don't make it out that door. She dies right fucking there. But if I make it consensual and I just go with the flow, they might let me live. How many people are getting dragged out of the barracks and thrown in the trunk, just like that girl over there in the army base who who got killed when she was cheating? With yeah. That- and how many situations are like that but they're washed under the rug or they weren't even investigated to the point where you actually know so mm-hmm. females we know i'm not safe i know if a six foot man come in here even if he's of skinny statue i can't beat him if he come in the same size as me if he hit me with one object it's game over so do you do you do you believe, and this is just a personal question for you, that that women are accepted into the military? We're not going to even just speak a single branch, but just military culture as a whole. No. 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 Okay. Not, not even a little bit. Like, no. Oh, wow. Not even better than 1942 when Ofa May came here? My boo. I, I fuck with you. Oh, night was it 1918 Ofa May? That's right. Get it right. Um, mm-hmm. No, we're not accepted into the instant. We're tolerated. Mm. We're, we're tolerated because the nation... They invited to the cookout, but they're not told to make their own plate. Mm-mm. Don't go in my kitchen. Uh, you're here to listen, but don't contribute to the conversation. Yeah, you, you spelled accepted wrong. Your, <laughs> your presence is unnecessary, so whether you make it or not, or you got to go home to your kids, or whether you, you're, un, you're irrelevant. Yeah, they make it already feel like we lowered so, the T standards. Speaking of that, you had you had your kid while you were still in. Did how did that alter your your career path? Did it change how people looked at you? Did it make things easier, worse? Because I, I can give you an ass ton of stories on how most males look at. Now, this is not me, but most males how they see pregnant women in the military. And if you think useless is a word. <laughs> Wait till you get those stories. Um, I guess I guess you. I will. I try to figure out how to. Okay, yes, there is a difference to how they treat you, but I think your personality or how you carry yourself would dictate how it goes. Okay. And when I say dictate how it goes, you can tell me to go home, but I'm not leaving. Mm-hmm. You know, you can tell me to do these things, but if it's within the spectrum of my capabilities, me personally, I'm going to do it anyway. But um, I don't know if I'm good on this subject because uh, I got pregnant during COVID. So I got pregnant, I believe, August 2019. COVID hit March 2020. And because COVID was running rapid, they didn't know how it would affect female Marines. So they sent me home. They were like, we don't want you here and we don't want that blood on our hands. We don't 
We don't want nothing to do with this. Go home. And you were you were well late into your career by this time, right? Yeah, man, I was a, a five four year sergeant at this point. So, so answer this one, right? And I've I've witnessed this. I've had I've seen female yes. Marines yes. get pregnant yes. coming out. You got to come back to what she said. Make uh, sure what, we come it's back not just men who think we are useless. Other females see another pregnant. Don't take it down. I was reading. Uh, other females see another pregnant woman in the military as useless as well. Yes. Okay. Now, it's I've actually seen, it's actually worse between females. Which is weird. It's weird because the they're the ones that would understand. Nope. The women wants to be accepted into a community so hard that they bash their own kind with hopes mm -hmm. of acceptance. And then a lot of the females who have not had children yet don't understand what they need. Right. And because I, I've, it, I've had PFCs coming out of the schoolhouse pregnant. Like, they ain't had a day in the fleet yet, and they're already pregnant. I'm not gonna Boy, lie to you. I, I, I am guilty. I am the one. I am the sergeant. She came to her unit, and I wreaked terror on this poor girl. I, 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 I'm guilty. Sign me up to be one of those Marines. I wrote you <laughs> off. I called you a whore in the back of my mind. I might have even fucked with you a little bit just because I was upset that you're skating this hard and they think so poorly of us. And mm -hmm. now your actions is a reflection of what they think of me. Mm -hmm. So now I poured onto that because of frustration. Like I'm fighting for a career. I'm fighting in the place for this space with all these men. And here you come over here confirming what they think of us. Would you would you ever give the advice of maybe telling your dream Marines to maybe hold off getting pregnant? Not saying that they, nope. they can't, but to maybe hold off until after they've established some type of career, you know? No, nope, I do. I Now that I have a kid, my mindset may be in the beginning as my early stages as a sergeant, yes. But as a mom, I feel like you're not going to belong in a place they don't want you anyway. So regardless of when the fuck you do it, it'll never be the right time. Oh, I got to wait till I hit gunny. Oh, I need to be a first sergeant. Oh, you know how many first sergeants that I've encountered who are like in their late 30s and they're having a hard time conceiving based off of right. everything that they've done in the military. I would not tell a female to wait for the institution because they don't give a fuck about you. Right. That's 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 facts. I, I let everybody know that. The institution don't give a fuck about you. Brown, they don't give a fuck about black, you. They don't nope. give a fuck about you. Um, you are a, num <coughs> a number and a ticket. And and at, the end, at the end of that motherfucking <laughs> stamp date, they date your ass and they move you the Ooh. fuck on. Um, but but my yeah. pregnancy, my pregnancy ended my career. Um, How so? Uh, yeah. So I have received the adverse for you know my my interaction with the Caucasians, and after that career ending situation, I was selected to go to DI, and. The monitor, which was Mass Sergeant Johnson or Jones at the time, he made my class day a year and a half out. So what happened was, as long as I made it on the drill field, the possibility of me picking up staff or getting retention would have been there if I just made it to the drill field. Mm -hmm. You ain't even got to do a good job. You just got to make it there. Mm -hmm. And because obviously, if you fail, you get another adverse. You know, that don't look good. That don't look too good. Yeah, yeah. But in the in-between time, I had gotten pregnant. So when I got pregnant, my capabilities to have an outstanding fit rep went down drastically because they can't send me anywhere. I can't execute any schools. I can't do mm -hmm. anything to make myself look like a capable sergeant. So mm -hmm. in turn, I was passed over again. 
and I'm not going to say it's due to my pregnancy, it's due to my inability to perform during my pregnancy, right? Which ultimately means my pregnancy ended my career, right? Okay, and I know that's a that's an issue that as as males we don't have because I can I can get you pregnant and still perform, do everything, execute yeah. PFT, my ass PFT. On. And I understand that that might that like for some men that that'll still take a mental toll on you because you don't want to leave your kid no more than the next person. But at the end of the day, nigga, you're not the one that's pregnant, so yeah, you still out here in this field and let's go. Exactly. Um, so they still get to go on workups, UDPs. They're helping with deployments. They're on the color mm-hmm. guard. You know, they got things that they can do to make themselves look good. Still look good. Ain't nobody putting a pregnant girl on color guard for what? We are color guard is all about appearance, baby girl. You messed it up. Like mm-hmm. you can't come here. And then you got your PFTs. Now your scores is not updated. So I did my PFT, I think, the 2019 and that year. But I was pregnant at the bottom, meaning that next year I don't have a PFT. And then after the baby, I don't have another PFT. So my last PFT is from two years ago. So even yeah. though it's the first class, they're just like, what is she really capable of? Right, because we haven't seen right. one in two years. Now, exactly. on the flip side, that used to piss me off because – and it's harder going from sergeant to staff, right? And so I get that. But going from like fucking PFC to, to sergeant, I used to get pissed off because she could keep. I legit had a female Marine who hadn't ran a PFT in four years because she was pregnant every year yeah. consecutively and got promoted every year because they had to take her current scores. Her scores were from fucking MCT and they took that shit and they rolled it to every single one. <laughs> and she was pregnant every single year. And she got promoted big and pregnant every single fucking year year and the shit drove me hot super hot because I'm actually out here having to hit this pavement to make my shit actually happen where she was just standing there get pregnant you can't say nothing to her because then you're yelling at her you can't fucking make her do nothing because then you know now her feet hurt you gotta send her home her back hurts she can't you know and I'm essentially down the marine essentially and once so once I got to New River I've had a Marine come up to me and say, sorry, oh, uh, I can't PT this morning. Now, mind you, I don't know anything about the fact that she's pregnant, right? Uh, she's like, oh, uh, I can't PT this morning. Me and I'm like, well, why the fuck not? You're standing here. Oh, it's a private matter. I hate that fucking phrase so goddamn much. And I'm like, what's so private that you can't work out this morning? Oh, I think I'm pregnant. First off, bitch, that's not a news it's not breaking news <laughs> like every i'm not saying everyone gets pregnant but holy shit do you know that's not a fucking uncommon thing in women to get fucking pregnant but like okay you can't work out like you all of a sudden from one day to the next day just can't nah, i agree like you can't like, run you, just you can't, can't run. stretch and so nothing and it might have been do. rude on my end but i was just like you know what i don't even want to deal with it go home go fucking call gunny and she'll walk you through all the fucking steps. And I walked into the office and said, hey, look, give me somebody else. Because I don't even want, I don't even want to deal with it. Just give me somebody else. I mean, I mean, everybody handles these situations differently. And the only reason I, I remember this one time I had a uh, Lance Corporal. And she was pregnant. And I pulled up the Marine Corps order. And when I pulled up the Marine Corps order, I pulled it out and I showed her in black and white, sweetheart, this is what it states. And based off of what this states, 
until you find documentation that says otherwise, you finna be outside. And she miscarried her baby. And it hurt me drastically because you just, I'm not a doctor. Mm-hmm. That black and white does not give me the authority to allow you to jeopardize your baby. Mm-hmm. And my rockers don't give me the power or the wisdom to say yes or no. Mm-hmm. So I've learned through that situation that's happened in California in 2016. And when I say I slayed them bodies, I slayed those bodies. And when she came to me and told me with all these eyes, tears, crying, I felt bad. I felt guilty and I felt like I contribute to the situation, even though I couldn't know for sure. I can't know for sure that I didn't. And in the process, I just learned to just do whatever they're comfortable with. And if they tell me that they're uncomfortable, I'm not going to be the cause of killing nobody's baby. Mm. And yet, it it does suck because you think about, you know, all these other people that's out here putting in work. But this is this is the world we live in. She has a right to have a child. She has a right to have a baby. So, Absolutely. So when we look at it from retrospect, we have to stop being so selfish right. and focusing on what other people think of either your Marines or you as a leader based off of them. And right. if we moved away from thinking about them and their problems and thinking of the whole, okay, she is out of the fight. How do I encourage her and still boost morale amongst my Marines? And what you do is you provide them with compassion. And when you provide compassion, I have to articulate this to the male Marines. And I took on that responsibility. Every time after that situation, I encountered pregnant Marines, I addressed it with compassion. And then when I addressed it with compassion, I shared my story so they can understand what we are doing to them. And the the mental game that they do to them, the mental game plays just a bigger role on these miscarriages and misutilization of those female Marines. We can't we can't think like that. We have to get past that. She's a woman. And as a woman, you can have a child. That that is true. Period. Just leave it. Leave it there. So if you can go back and you could talk to a 19 year old Erica, would you tell her to still join the Marines or would you tell her what would her life be like? If I can go back and I could talk to 19-year-old Erica, I would tell her to be selfish. Hmm. I would say, do it, but do it for you. And what happened was you spent so much time, so much of my career trying to impress or prove other people of my capabilities, but I neglected myself. And when I say I neglected myself, I have pains in my back, my feet hurt, my knee hurt, my back hurt. I have pains everywhere because I constantly try to prove myself to a society that wasn't going to accept me. Mm-hmm. And then in the process, I hurt myself physically, mentally, emotionally, and now I have nothing to show for it. Right. And when I say I have nothing to show for it, yeah, you know, I'm okay. That's all I'm going to say. I, I, I'm okay. <laughs> but, in the, <laughs> but in the prospect, I didn't finish my degree, you know. I didn't start school until 2020. You know, I did. I spent so much time focusing on my energy and trying to be that Marine that I never learned who Erica was as a person. I never contribute to my backpack. I just, I could contribute to the Marine Corps and they wrote me off the first opportunity they got. Look, if I could give you a high five, God damn it. If that's not the fucking perfect answer for that's some shit that happens to a lot of people out the park, like, <laughs> in the fucking, just in the military in general, like 
So now that you are out and that you can work on Erica, who is Erica now as a veteran? Oh, Erica's a lit bitch. Let me tell y'all about me. <laughs> so tell them about you, girl. Tell them about me. I am I'm a full-time mom, a single mom. I don't have no help, no support. Shout and out to the single moms. We out here, we lit, we making it happen every day. Gang. And I work full time. I go to school full time and Okay, working full time, mom. I'm lit. School is is a it's difficult, but when I say that the peace of mind of feeling like I don't have to prove myself to anybody, I go to the gym three times out the week. And if I pick up a weight and it's too heavy, I put that bitch the fuck back down. And I do not <laughs> pick it back up. There's no stress or no burden for me to feel like I have to push. I have to get stronger. I need to be able to do all 20 of these pull-ups so I can show these males we supposed to be here. Mm-hmm. No, ain't no stress out here. Ain't no stress. Are the males still shit out here? Yeah. But they gonna be shit everywhere we go. So do you feel as though you proved it to yourself once you made it off of Paris Island? Like, once you've done it, do you feel like that? Like, you can hold your head up, shoulders back. Like, you feel good. You proud. Chest out. Like, kind of moment. I never had it. I never got to have that experience every point of success or a place where I'm supposed to be excited about my accomplishment, there was a male who stripped it away from me. Well, there are two males here who want to give you your flowers. Oh. You've done a great job. You made it off of Paris Island. Oh, you, man, you're look. a Marine. You're I can a single tell you all mom. the stories I need like, to tell you about, Erica. You, you the GOAT. Like, you, <laughs> this is the DMV dream, right? Like, you don't know. You did it, baby. <laughs> like, I- I, I really appreciate that. I, th- I do. Yeah. I just got, know I got, that. I got stories that I could tell you. We could be sitting here all pretty much no, all I mean, night. So from listen, hour, but I never said anything, but I also am from DC. Like that's why I refer to it as the DMV. I wasn't going to say nothing. No one cares about. All right. No one's talking about that, me. So you know, you know y'all don't even have homeless people. We don't care. Wow, who told you this? I, I seen it. I went there. You were in Arlington. You you were not in DC. Never even crossed it. You never even crossed it. You never crossed the line, my brother. He went to Arlington and so he didn't see no old people. He was in Arlington talking about I didn't see any homeless people. When we pointed out the homeless people, he's like, "Dang, I don't know how to answer that question." I'm not going to answer that question. What do you want me to do, Rich? Provide them with a sleeping bag? Uh, no, I was my wife texted me and she asked me a question. I'm not gonna answer that question. Right now. Why you didn't ask me? Go is it for me? If it's for me, go we, for we'll it. We'll talk about it later. All right. Um oh, so it's not yeah, for him because she, she didn't put it on there. No, no, no. She, she put, put it, it in, on the, here. in the she texted to me. Okay. She texted to him. But we just we wanted to give you your flowers. We appreciate you taking time out of your night, out of your day to come do this interview. This has been wonderful. Like we right. appreciate yeah. it so much. Like single working mom like we get it i came from a well i came from a something but <laughs> so that's a story for a different time um but no like we appreciate you coming out like it was a great interview we appreciate the stories like it's always wonderful to hear more from rich and like where rich's past was because rich talks a lot about being in okinawa and like going out and i oh i did this in japan but like it's the first time we as a podcast, as a community, got to like hear stories of it. So during this month, like we want to just give all our vets like the respect that we don't ordinarily get. We get a free meal. We get told, oh, you're so great. 
thank you for your service. And we get 15% off. Mm. That's about it. But you never get told, thank you. Thank you for what you did. Because you did something bigger than yourself. You did something better than yourself. And you never get thanked for that, except for November. And it's like, yeah, I love a free meal. But but, you love a lot more. Last question. How does the how do you view the VA? Because we we didn't gave our fucking outlooks on the VA numerous of times. So I want to know your perspective. What how do you what VA? <laughs> <laughs> like they it has it has a beautiful title, and they tell you all of these things that TRS that all these magical things that are supposed to happen. I've been out since February and I had one appointment and my doctor was so crippled. She fell on top of me during the appointment. Since that V appointment, I've had four other appointments where my doctor did not make it. <laughs> That's better. She didn't make it. Out here, you can't get your next appointment will be seven months away. You'll be dead by the time you make it to your goddamn appointment. I'm, so I'm not saying, trying to throw them under the bus, but which VA were you? Oh, at? Well, let's throw them all the way under the bus. <laughs> their their address is 3800 at Allentown Road, Camp Springs, Maryland. Oh, you went to the Maryland one. I know exactly which one you <laughs> went to. Back to Maryland. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm back. At, I'm back in the Maryland area. DC is way too expensive to try to live there. But even outside of that, um, I work closer there. So you know, your job kind of got to respect your VA appointments. So mm-hmm. I wanted to keep it close to where my job was. So even though I'm executing, I ain't being a dirtbag and not going to work. <laughs> so, but in the process, it's kind of like I think I'm just about to chuck it up. So I did do one thing, and I requested to speak to the director for them to change my doctor so I can stay at that location and maybe mm. have a more capable doctor. Right. That's strike two. If it doesn't work, then I'll push my VA to Washington, oh, yeah. D.C., where they have the giant hospital. But Nah, uh, just just go to different. They they got satellites. Like they're gonna, they'll, 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 they'll more than likely change your primary care physician. And then nah, I mean, that, you could definitely find uh, a satellite clinic closer to you. Like, yeah. So, so what I'm doing is, you know, I'm learning. I'm, I'm taking it one thing at a time. And I also believe in giving people second chances and giving them an opportunity to kind of clean it up. So in my head, it's like I'm going to express a grievance. And then you guys have the appointments where all of the appointments he canceled. So it's kind of like you can visually see my frustration. And we haven't even gotten to the place where I'm seeing doctors that focus us on what my issues are. Mm-hmm. So. Um, the pain medications, you know, they mail off your pain medications. Joke, um, joke, joke, call, ask for refills, joke, you know, mental health part, joke. Like everything that I've experienced thus far is like, we're here to tell you that we're going to help you, but we don't really care. And you should respect the fact that you're being compensated for your pain, and that should be enough. Mm. And mind you, the compensation rate is almost garbage. Trash. But that's that's a whole nother conversation. Yeah. Because then you'll 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 tell somebody who's who's been in since they were nineteen or eighteen that all of their issues aren't service related. Man, and then and then that I get it. Bothers me is the misconception of your age group with the VA. Whenever they associate your age group with the things that are supposed to be wrong with you, when they look at me, they automatically say she's fine. You're yeah, too you're young. too young to have that issue. I, I was on I all of. Hey, I, I didn't miss not like, one hike. 
You know, I haven't missed not one hike, not one run, whether it was five, seven, or eight. I was goddamn there. And then I still had to do my my regular qualifications. So with that being said, G, I'm hurt. I'm hurt real bad. And I need you to fix it real, real bad. Because not only did I get hurt, I neglected myself to ensure that I encouraged my other females that we were capable. So now, not only was I hurt, I never helped myself. Mm-hmm. And that's why I said that situation about being selfish. At some mm-hmm. point in time, I should have told him my, my hip was messed up and I couldn't do it. Yep. But instead, I compensated. And when I compensated, the compensation for me adjusting for the pain in my hip has encouraged other injuries throughout that left side of my body that could have been fixed if I could just stand up straight. Or we could have just told that dumbass lieutenant that there's no point in going on a fucking 15-mile hike at 4 o'clock in the goddamn morning when it yes. serves no fucking purpose. In reconnaissance. But that's a whole nother conversation for a whole nother day. Um, like always, this episode is brought to you by RDI Financial, um, where you can't help broke people being broke, you know Gang. what I'm saying? Gang. Uh hit us up at RDI Financial for all your credit needs. You know what I'm saying? Christmas is coming. You guys gonna be trying to put a lot of shit on credit, and a lot of y'all gonna get denied. So you might as well go ahead and call and me. Don't always so work. Go ahead and fix that for you. All right. Um, other than that, y'all got anything else? I'm good. Hey, y'all be safe. Uh, stay black always. And uh, peace out, folks.